ูขายลูทีดรังลู To, what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism, featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn. What's this Dao all about? Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow All About. My name is Todd Perry. With me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Buenos dias. So uh, you might have heard on the last show that we are uh, accepting donations for the show. We're doing a little pass the hat around. Uh, we've been doing this show for about four years. We've done you know dozens of uh, you know uh, hours of audio and put a lot of work, time, and sweat in this. Never ran an ad, nothing like that. So uh, if anybody out there wants to support. Us uh, trying to bring the idea of the Dow to a wide audience. Uh, please uh, feel free if you donate fifteen dollars. What we do is we're going to give you a free bonus episode, uh, and that's going to be about how to uh, the Dow's perspective on uh, gaining skills in the world and honing one's skills. And there's also we're going to talk about two different chapters in it, and then also uh, if you give thirty five dollars, you're going to get that show, and as well as three about thirty five minute long guided meditations by Dr. Carl Totten. To do so, just click the link on our website at whatsthisdow.com. There's a little donate button on the right. Uh, if, if you donate via PayPal, be sure to stick your email address in the notes uh, so we're sure to be able to email you um, the, uh, all the MP3 files mm-hmm, the and, a, and a way to listen to all this stuff. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the Dow and the environment, something that listeners have been asking us to do. We just never got to it yet. And uh, hopefully, if we have time, we're going to get to Chapter 15 of the Dao De Ching. Uh, but first here, oh, Dr. Carl, are we allowed to talk about the thing that we signed the NDA for? Say we're doing something or no? Um, and maybe in general, just can't go over the specifics. But, yes. Uh, but yeah, we've, yeah. But in general, you know, uh, a um, publisher's representative heard this show, actually, and yeah. said, wow, this is great. Maybe we should get uh, these guys to uh, write a book about uh, the Dow. <laughs> yeah. And so they uh, approached me and I said, well, this sounds kind of interesting. Uh, I said, let's get Todd in on this. Yeah. And uh, and so we've, we've been kind of out doing some outlines. And so this may lead to a uh, publication uh, about uh, like a and a beginner's kind of like introduction to uh, Taoist notions. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, so we'll let you guys know. Uh when it comes out, or what the progress is on that, but uh, I was I was blown away because as somebody who writes professionally, uh, and I know a lot of people are trying, you know, try to get books and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. To have somebody come and offer, hey, offer <laughs> us, right? I was like, wow, that's not supposed to work that way. It's kind of exciting, you know. Beat down doors for that. And then, of course, the other thing that you know we've been kind of working on in our uh, back pockets is uh, the show. You know, you yeah. know, we've transcribed a lot of the episodes and 
started writing some commentaries, and you know, eventually we'd like to have a, a yet another book out on basically called "What's This Tao All About," yeah. <laughs> which would be a, a kind of an extension of the show. Yeah. You know, maybe with some nice graphics and you know, photographs and some artwork and some, um, and then explanation, more deep, deeper explanations about uh, the themes that we've explored on the show. Yeah. And so, rather than having to, you know, always go back and and listen to, you know, fifty, sixty, whatever episodes, you could just pull out a book, and there it is. Right. <laughs> right. Between the covers, you know. You know, and sometimes reading things, you get a different perspective on it than you do hearing it. Yes. You know, the medium is the message. Yes. Listen. Very true. So, uh, yeah, lots of good. Th- this has become a weird. This was only supposed to be 12 shows, <laughs> and it's become a bit of a cottage industry, so thank you all for supporting us uh, out there in podcast land. Okay, so there's an idea. Well, it was funny. I was going over some of the information presented in this uh, book that we hope- hopefully will be working on, and there was a concept in there, and I was like, what is that? I don't even know what that is, uh, and it was called Sue John. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then once I started looking into it, I was like, wow, we need to discuss this. So, uh, <laughs> Dr. Todd, let me read real quick kind of a definition I found of it, and then mm-hmm. you can clarify and expand. How's okay. that? Sure. The natural state of... Sujan is the natural state of the constantly unfolding universe and all the things within it when both are allowed to develop in accord with the cosmic way. Mm. Chinese cosmologies present a vision of a dynamic universe that is incessantly being generated. While the course of it cannot be fully anticipated, it emerges and operates according to a continuous process. Human beings, however, impose their own order on reality, differentiating it by creating language and names for individual things, by developing rituals that order human life, and by creating government, which channels the energy of the people towards particular ends. Such actions distance people from the generative process of which they are a part. Instead, humans should attune themselves to the constant transformations of the way. They may accomplish this by cultivating an openness towards spontaneity, which characterizes not only the constantly unfolding universe, but the Tao itself. So it's that process of cultivating an openness towards the spontaneity of the unfolding universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big definition for Sue John, <laughs> right? Well, let me quote Alan Watts. Oh, okay. <laughs> the great sage himself. Yes. He said, you know, there's always something we don't know. This is well illustrated by the elusive qualities of energy in physics. We cannot really define energy, but we can work with it. And this is the case with the Tao. The Tao works by itself. Its nature is to be. As is said in Chinese, Sujan, that which is of itself, by itself, or itself is so. Sujan is almost what we mean when we say that something is automatic or that something happens automatically. Alan Watts in What is Tao? Oh. So when the concept of Sujan is combined with the concept of Wu Wei, what we end up with is going with the flow by and of itself. Uh, That, in a manner of speaking, goes hand in hand with many verses, of course, from the Tao Te Ching. It's when we allow ourselves not to overthink or overanalyze a given situation that we come to know it via Su Chan and Wu Wei, effortless action. 
These are the times when, like an athlete or an artist, we find ourselves in the zone. We simply react or, or create without consciously thinking about it. We flow with the situation and do what is necessary, only what is necessary to accomplish a task without any excessive movement or wasted breath. It's actually some discussion I found uh, online uh, mm. somewhere. So it's that spontaneous or natural state of things as they are that arises by our being in the flow and in touch with our nature, our intrinsic nature, and the nature of the great Tao itself. You might say it goes really to the heart of the Tao (laughs) in many respects. Yeah, so how would somebody, it's a real, I mean, I guess it depends a lot on what somebody is doing. Uh, that allows them to get in the zone or be in the flow of things. But is there any kind of shortcut way? Because I, I find that the moment you think about trying to be in the moment... You're done. You're not in the moment, <laughs> right? And that's the paradox. It's like it's almost like when, when they talk about the Tao is, you know, the, the sage that couldn't probably even explain to you the Tao. He's forgotten the Tao, and therefore he is in... He is, yeah, he is he, in he, the Tao. He's in the Tao, but you kind of got to know what it is to know you are in it You know, there's its value. A, there's a famous book uh, from Positive Psychology with the title Flow. Yeah. And, and part of the, de- the definition of being in the flow is you're not thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're so uh, caught up in the creative activity or project or work or stream of things that you are involved in that hours can go by and you you were completely unaware of the passage of time mm-hmm. because you were just so involved and invested in what you were doing. It just came naturally. And that, I think, is kind of alluding to what this... Chinese concept is attempting to illustrate. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that I, I have moments where when I'm in better health that I am more in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's, it's a different thing. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're hungover, that next day is very long. <laughs> it, but it's not just long because oh, you're yeah. not feeling mm-hmm. well. It's, it's longer because you're conscious of your body. Yes. You're conscious mm-hmm. of how you're feeling. You're mm-hmm. conscious of all these things. And so you're not in the moment. It takes you, which takes you out of the moment, which makes time seem longer. When you're in the moment, mm-hmm. time flies. Right. You know, it's it, almost like being asleep in a beautiful way. Right. It reminds me of being self-conscious. Exa- exactly. Yes. <laughs> and when you're self-conscious, you're not in the flow at all. Yeah. And every second passes so slowly. And then, and then to, to make things worse, certain people should be more self-conscious than they are. <laughs> or, or at least self-aware. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess that's a big difference. Like, you know, there's, there's some people that never quite pick up on the body language the you're trying to get Subtle them. cues. Yeah. Or like, they'll, they'll be saying something that's just awful and terrible. And you don't want to say, like, be quiet or do you know what you're saying? But you just give like a, I, I, t- I tend to just give people a terrible look if I'm hearing something I don't want them to say, but then, then they don't pick up on it. That, that's how I feel half the time these days, probably 90% of the time these days when I'm listening to the news. Yeah. You know, do they know what they're saying? Yeah. Do they know what they sound like? Yeah. Of course, they're reporting, you know, what... You know the 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 very unsubtle things that are coming out of you know the centers of power these days, yeah. which just goes to show how far off at, at a national kind of level and international levels we are from the Tao 
quite often. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're very often out of the flow of what would be natural and spontaneous and in touch and in harmony with the Tao, you know, with the idea of, uh, you know, the, the greater good, you know, for, to all concerned and, uh, you know, b- making sure that, uh, you know, that everyone is, is, is having their needs met and that therefore their the 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 society flows smoothly you know because everyone is invested in making sure that the energy of all of us is supported and flowing in an appropriate manner yeah and um, that i think has been one of the major downfalls really of uh, humanity for generations, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, because you know the you know my my favorite uh, psychiatrist, Doctor Ronald David Lang, a Scottish psychoanalyst, he wrote an amazing book called um, "The Politics of Experience" uh, back in nineteen sixty nine. I gotta read that because you you mentioned I mentioned that it to before. Me. Every every time I see you, nineteen sixty nine, he wrote that book, "The Politics of Experience," and in it he maintains that modern man is not sane. Yeah. We're pretty crazy, actually, <laughs> yeah. because he said in the last 50 years, so-called sane man has killed over 100 million of his fellow citizens on planet Earth. Yeah. What is remotely sane about that? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so here we are claiming to be, you know, awake and sane and you know, doing the right things for ourselves or our countries or whatever. And what it comes down to is that we're engaged in this bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he, his thesis is that we're completely bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And that you know we need to wake up basically. Mm-hmm. And, and at the you know the end of his book, you know, he's an impassioned plea for that. You know, he says, you know, if, if I could turn you on, if I could drive you out of your wretched mind, if I could tell you, I would let you know. Yeah. The most powerful ending of a book by a, a licensed psychiatrist yeah. that you'll ever hear. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty uh, visceral for a you know psychiatrist. Yeah, you know, you know. and so I, I I think that you know it's it's easy to get caught up in um, ideas where we feel where the people of a of a nation of a community feel that they're right and everyone else is wrong <laughs> and that, uh, you know, and therefore we have the right to uh, discipline you, take over you, kill you, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you don't see things my way, you know, or I, I need your resources and I'm just going to take it by force. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, the, you know, the history of this planet, a lot of it r- really is like that. kind of smells like that to yes. me. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so... You know, I think that we all have a long way to go. Getting off of politics and into something that shouldn't be political, but is. But it is. Uh, the Tao and the environment. Um, we had a mm. great email, and it's like, took us how many shows to get to this? This should have been show three. <laughs> uh, it's from listener Alex. My question has two parts. From a Taoist perspective, how do we deal with the mental stress of knowing our culture is destroying the earth, and what can we do to enact change on a larger scale? My favorite couplet is from chapter 29, and I think it's more relative now than ever. Do you think you could take over the universe and improve it? I do not believe it can be done. Thanks for your advice, insight, 
and an amazing show. Got to say that twice. Amazing show. Best Alex. <laughs> so, Dr. Totten, for I'm going to sidestep real quick. Um, mm-hmm. And this relates back to Sue John. So we're at we're at a we're at a point where you know there's obviously there's environmental you know problems going on with climate change and and, and all this, um, the we and, and lots of times it's it's like a it's because nature is being violated in some way, mm-hmm. but aren't we as man part of nature? Mm-hmm. And so is it really isn't just nature violating nature or have maybe it's because humans have lost the Sujan idea mm-hmm. or acting yes. well it's like if if man is equivalent to just like the lion or any other entity man is just doing man's thing right uh, so what at what point do we can we separate man from nature I guess is the question you know I think what happened is that for thousands of years you know our capacity was limited by our uh, inability to technologically impact the environment of the earth very much for thousands of years. But in the last hundred years, our capacity has grown exponentially and the population has grown exponentially. How long did it take to get to the first billion people on earth? <laughs> A billion years? Then how long has it taken you know, to get to almost eight billion? A hundred years? See, so things have changed. Things have gotten way out of proportion, way out of balance. And we now have the capacity technologically to destroy the earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, 200 years ago, we couldn't do that. That's true. thousand years ago, we couldn't do that. Impossible. 100% impossible. If you wanted to, you couldn't. Now, without even wanting to, we can and are. You You know, the shamans from Peru who I've studied with, you know, they say that in their spiritual mythology, they were never expelled from the garden, you know, due to sin or guilt. They, instead, they were always part of the natural flora and fauna, and therefore their job was to be caretakers of the garden, mm-hmm. caretakers of planet Earth, not exploiting the Earth and stripping away its resources, you know, for profit. Yeah. You know, which, of course, is really huge right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly uh, well, all over the world, but and yeah. certainly here in the West. So I think things have changed as we became more technologically advanced and more populated we became more separate from our connection with nature and therefore now see nature as something that we can just use and violate you know for our own purposes yeah. our own needs our, our and and in many cases our own greed of course yeah. and the bottom line becomes you know the the profit and loss statements, not how well the earth is doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so I think that we, um, things have changed over the centuries. So, you know, I think that, you know, much of Taoism really offers perspectives on alignment with nature and the preservation of a more natural state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, avoidance of being overbearing or trying to bend nature to our will but rather cultivating an alliance with the forces of nature so as to promote a type of flow and balance is important. Remember, the Tao has been compared many times to a field, Mm 
And a field contains all the intrinsic elements for growth and to thrive. You know, a, a field has water, air, seeds, nest, uh, you know, food sources all over the place. And it has the potential for thousands of forms of life to grow and develop. But if one element of the field tried to stake its claim on major areas of the rest of the field to its own advantage, but to the detriment of all the others, it would be seen as out of the flow, <laughs> mm -hmm. no longer nurturing life as it became too greedy. So, you know, we need to live and let live. You know, that again, that rising tide lifts all ships is more characteristic of the Tao. And in modern life, as many environmentalists have pointed out, modern man is often attempting to do that very thing, to subvert nature to his own will for the sake of multinational capitalism at the expense of nature. Obviously, this has backfired in many ways, with the earth now threatened by global climate change and the like. And as I mentioned, you know, the shamans feel that no we our mission is to be stewards to be caretakers of the earth that is number one because we since we are an integral part of nature if we destroy the nature that we're a part of we've just committed suicide yeah. environmental suicide yeah that's not wise <laughs> <laughs> a wise person wouldn't do that right. you know so we need to have a different understanding, I think, of our place in nature, which is very resonant with that of the Tao, which is always providing the conditions for nurturance, for furtherance, for creativity, for growth. Because remember, a, a Taoist is curious and wants to understand. And when you understand something, you can relate to it with compassion. And when you relate to things with compassion, goodwill manifest all over right you know uh to get back to the um to the quote you know this is like the more you unpack it and think about it kind of the it's it's a pregnant sentence do you think you can take over the universe and improve it i do not believe it can be done mm. and i at first that seems kind of um what's the word i'm looking for nihilistic at first glance, it seems nihilistic. Like, do you think you can change the world? Ha! It's never going to happen. But I think, but I, what I think Lao Tzu is getting at is not a nihilism, not like, hey, we're all screwed, or, but it's saying, uh, well, first, it's, it's laughable to try to change this big, <laughs> crazy thing. But I think it, it's. I'm going to fix the Dow. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's saying that basically, yeah, you. you, you you can't improve it. You can work with it, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. that's that's going to be a a better thing in life than trying to control nature. To work with it, you have an infinite yes. kind of power working yes. with it versus trying to cradle yes. it and destroy yes. it. It's like uh, because remember, the universe contains infinite trillions of possibilities. Everything is out there. Our job is to simply connect with and align with that which is in harmony with our nature and obviously part of the great Tao, yeah. you might say. And wisdom is knowing exactly how, when, and where to do that. <laughs> That's being awakened and wise. Yes. 
You know, you do the right thing in the right way at the right time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and also a big part of Alex's question is that he is, you know, understandably stressed about uh, what's going to happen, you know, in the future, you know, just, just going mm-hmm. down the road as, as the climate continues to change. Because we've obviously seen all these extreme weather events and mm-hmm. uh, obviously... Uh, there have been much, many, many more extreme weather events than we have seen in the past. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably going to ramp up and, and most likely get worse. And so there's a, obviously there's a fear among people that are, are following this climate. Thing. So, yeah, how do, how, do, how do people not be stressed about that when, especially when there's also, a, you know, obviously there's a problem, but there might be some people that are alarmists. There are people on the grift for this sort of thing as well that get something out of promoting alarm, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is a real problem, but there are people out there that try to scare people more to scare them into action, right? Right. Um, so how does pe- one keep their sanity knowing that things, things could possibly get quite nasty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly when you're listening to environmental scientists who are saying that you know, at a certain point, you kind of get to the point of no return and then things kind of will rap, likely to go rapidly downhill in terms of survivability and just the ability to, uh, for, you know, for life, at least our type of life, to thrive on planet Earth any longer. You know, the, um, you know, the, the insects, the, you know, the bugs, they'll, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be, they were here before we were here. They'll be here long after we're gone. Yes. You know, you know, the, you know, the ants, the, you know, the cockroaches, they'll, they'll be just fine. Human beings, uh, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, believe it or not, I, I actually started, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, I actually started writing a novel about all of this oh. a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about what, what would happen if planet Earth is actually a conscious entity and uh, the different ecosystems suddenly began communicating with each other about what's happening on this planet and who, what is responsible for what's happening, us, of course, and, and therefore what can the rest of us, the ecosystem, do about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Nature's revenge. Yeah, yeah nature's revenge. <laughs> yeah. You know, the mind boggles at what nature could do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have lots to work with in my novel. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I tend to think, I, my, my stress about the situation is alleviated a bit when you do, when you do realize how much most of the world has really reacted to this mm-hmm. uh, just in like the last 10 years. Yes. Like people are acting very aggressively in, in many corners of the world. And even though mm-hmm. the, the, the current administration in Washington isn't really, is, is trying to poo-poo it and says it's a hoax and everything. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you have places like the state of California mm-hmm. that's going mm-hmm. bonkers trying to get things done. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, sometimes we look and think the only solution to the world's problems is in government or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you look in many private situations, uh, many companies and people are demanding different types of packaging for things. And mm-hmm. um, if you just look at the way markets have treated this, like yes. right now I have a solar panel on my house because mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good thing. And also it's cheaper than paying my electricity bill is now mm-hmm. cheaper. Mm-hmm. And just with the like what I pay 
on the loan to pay for the panels is cheaper than what I was paying my electric company. Right, right. And now I don't have much of an electric bill. So I save 30%, and then eventually it'll be free when the panels are paid off. Exactly. It's, it's a no-brainer. So we're on the side where actually the markets are on the side of, of this in many ways. Mm-hmm. In some ways they still aren't, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, in many ways they are, and people are pushing towards this, and you're seeing th- things change slowly every day. It's like, you know, there used to be a hole in the ozone layer. Mm-hmm. Obviously this problems much mm-hmm. greater, but we don't anymore. Mm-hmm. People cut back on the Aquanet, mm-hmm. and now we don't have a big hole in the ozone mm-hmm. It used to be like the smog in Los Angeles was God. Hor- it was horrendous. <laughs> awful. It used to be, you see pictures from the 50s, 60s, like you would, you, you would not be able to see, you know, the hill from where we are right, right. here, and there's a hill right here. And there were days when we couldn't go out and play. It yeah. was too much smog. Yeah. You know, you walk outside and r- run around the uh, the baseball diamond or something, and you feel like you're about to cough your lungs out. Right. <laughs> it was awful. It's like when I was a kid, I grew up uh, well, probably 30-minute 30, 30 drive from the Hollywood sign, mm-hmm. right? You couldn't even see that mountain from where I lived in yes. Torrance. You couldn't see it. You yes. know, you couldn't see, uh, you know, the buildings in downtown L.A. because it was just smog. A brown haze. Yes. And now I go to my mom's house in the same neighborhood and you can see the Hollywood sign right from, mm-hmm. you know, her street. Mm-hmm. So and it, it shows it, that we can change and have an impact. Yes. Which is good to know. Yes. And as the, the public begins to demand change, you know, like you said, you have you've got, you know, you have an electric, uh, a solar panels now and so as people demand that i see gradually i think the um the um uh, uh, business world will change because they they just they they, they want of course you know their profits yeah and if they can get their profits by selling you uh solar panels great they'll do it yeah they'll do it right and so you know, I I think it's important to realize that uh, you know the change can start from the bottom up. We don't have to wait for the powers that be in Washington to come to their senses and say, "Oops, maybe we should do things differently." Yeah. <laughs> Be, because the rest of us, you know, who can see what's going on, can start to um, put our money where our perspectives are. <laughs> yeah. So there is there is a, a positive side to all this kind of, you know, ecological problems, it's really, you know, awakened many Mm -hmm. billions of people Mm -hmm. to uh, what what we're up to and how we're destroying things. And I think think the average person does does care on some level and, and people when I think they're awakened to different things uh, they, they change themselves so I I, 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 I hold a grain of, pos- of, of positivity yes uh, yes in all this um, let's see here uh, so and then I just I picked out a couple uh, things from the Tao Te Ching uh, that are about man and his connection with nature and it's um from chapter 25 says, man follows earth, earth follows heaven, heaven follows the Tao. The Tao follows what is natural. Yes. Um, in 29, the universe is sacred. You cannot improve it. If you try to change it, you will ruin it. If you try to hold it, you will lose it. And then chapter 48, the world is ruled by letting things take their course. It cannot be ruled by interfering. Mm-hmm. So now here's a funny thing. Would interfere, right? 
would interfering in the heating planet be against nature? Well, although we've established that the reason it's heating is because we've already been out of alignment and interfering with nature. So this is more like cleaning up our own mess. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you make a mess, you know, your ta your task is to clean it up, you know, yeah. rather than leave it for someone else to clean it up for you. Right. You yes. Know. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We don't have enough time to get to Chapter 15. We'll get to that on another episode. All righty. But, um, all right. Uh, pleasure speaking with you today, Dr. Carl Totten. As always. May the Tao be with you. Always. Always.